suddenly it came up that I don't believe in souls. And my little sister, Kate, was just like flabbergasted. You don't believe in souls? And I was like, no, I believe in consciousness, but I think it's limited to our biological brain. It's like if you look into people's eyes, you can just see that there's like something more than just anatomy. I'm going to give your sister a ring and I'm going to bring you guys closer together. Kate, would you give me 10 minutes to try and change your mind about humans having souls? Yes. I'm right and you're wrong. Once you start labeling people, categorizing of humans and ideas, you have desensitized yourself to the humanity of that other human being, to who they really are. And in the marketplace of ideas, these things are complicated, man. We all need to engage with a variety of viewpoints. A genuine multicultural connection with another. I mean, sometimes you don't need to agree or disagree. You just need to sit with it and digest. This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by The Reconstructionist by Jonathan J. Foster. With so much changing in our society around sexuality, authority, patriarchy, religion, truth, and more, what we need is a book to help us navigate those changes while keeping love at the forefront. The Reconstructionist is that kind of book. Pick a copy up today on Amazon or any other fine digital retailer. The Reconstructionist, people greater than text, mercy greater than sacrifice, and love greater than fear. G'day and welcome back to another episode of the Ideas Digest podcast where we explore the challenging ideas that divide us from different perspectives and try and break our own biases and escape our echo chamber and all those sorts of things we think we ought to do. My name's Conrad. And my name's Alice. Welcome, YouTube friends of the show. Like, subscribe, bell icon. Welcome to podcasting friends of the show. Special friends in podcast land. Listen to us. They don't see us. They hear us. Super friends, super welcome. These are the ones that went to itisdigest.org, signed up, supported the show, and support dialogue over division. Your help is the only thing that keeps us going right now. So thank you. Alice, we have a special series, a family edition episode going on. Last week, you spoke with my father, Peter, and made him love me just a little bit more (laughs) by trying to convince him that millennials do it tougher than boomers. This week, you're on the chopping block. You're going to bring me a family member and I'm going to help bring, I'm going to bring you guys closer together. So who is it and what can I do for you? Okay. Okay. So the family member that I am going to have you converse with is my little sister, Kate. And the topic that we don't quite see eye to eye on is I don't believe in souls. Kate believes you, you in monster. souls. <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, she, I mean, that's okay. Foundational. Okay. Yes. Yes. Man. I remember we were on, we were at a friend's birthday party on a boat and I just thought she knew that because I'm an atheist, I don't believe in souls. (laughs) And although, you know, like atheists, maybe some atheists could, I don't, I have not met any, but I don't want to rule anyone out. Don't at me. Um, but yeah, I think I forget what we were talking about. We were, we were a few, a few mimosas in and, uh, suddenly it came up that, I don't believe in souls. And Kate was just like flabbergasted, just just like, wait, you don't believe in souls? And I was like, no, I believe in consciousness, but I think it's limited to our biological brains. I don't, I'm not convinced that consciousness lives beyond the brain. And, uh, and she just thinks that that's just 
it, it was so I could just see it in her face. Like she could not wrap her mind around how I could mm. not believe in souls. And in that it's moment, been a, a rift was born. Yes. And then <laughs> between since your then, souls or not souls. <laughs> exactly. Between our consciousnesses. <laughs> and since then <laughs> it's been like a playful little jab but also like a point of not understanding that um i'd be curious to see if you could persuade her to perhaps okay. understand why and how i don't believe in souls a little bit better than i can okay. hopefully okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a good crack now I guess the next question is, if I can, you know, bring your sister like a little bit closer to you in, in this respect, what is it that you hope that this could do for your relationship? Uh, well, well, A, it would just feel really nice, warm and fuzzy to feel more understood. B, practically yeah, well, speaking, it would spare me having to explain why I don't believe in souls every time she, we're out in public and she goes, oh, but Alice doesn't believe in souls. Oh, and then everyone's like, wait, out. what? Good. You don't believe in souls? And then I have to get into it. So yeah, it would help me avoid awkward social scenarios where like, it's not like I go around broadcasting. I don't believe in souls. Here's why you shouldn't either. But Kate just fucking volunteers that I don't believe in souls every now and then. She's a little sister. I love <laughs> I love this that I'm going to come up with a segment where we can find out what people do to try and change people's minds, like dog moves for changing people's minds. That's one of them. Oh, by the way, that's what he thinks. And yep. then leave it and walk away. That is, oh, what's that called? That's called the that's ambush. Called a, I yes, suppose it's that a they lead you right bomb. into an ambush. <laughs> yes, that's a good strategy. We should write that down. That's a, okay. that's a mind change strategies. <laughs> Thank you, the Kate. ambush. Yes, yes, the ambush. The ambush. I'll just write that, jot that down there. Maybe it's not the best one to use if you actually want to change their mind, but it could be a good strategy to stitch someone up if they're yes. not going to change their mind. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, then. So you've known your sister quite a long time. Yep. Give me some judgments. And to provide context, as you did with your dad, my sister and I are close. Like, we're very, very close. Okay. We've had our moments of distance, but overall, we have a very close relationship. Yeah. Um, so politically, Kate is a libertarian centrist, a lot like myself. Um, oh, common ground. Yes, common ground. Class-wise, she is middle class uh, uh -huh. by L.A. standards, meaning by middle American standards, she's probably middle to upper class. But in L.A., she lives in a one-bedroom um, apartment. In L.A., yeah. And, she's, yeah. Barely, she's barely keeping a roof over her head. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And she worked, uh, she's a graphic designer and art director. So she has one of the coolest oh, jobs in the world. Actually, I actually have to brag about her for a minute. She designs the movie yeah. and TV posters for Hollywood. So uh, oh, like the new cool. season of Bear, on HBO Kate designed that poster um oh, yeah right. she she well gets done. on billboards buses the whole shebang so she's the person she's like that's me it's like well it's not actually me but yeah it's me yeah she did go to college for a little bit has an associate's degree and got a job in graphic design in the entertainment industry mm -hmm. like right out of school okay. um Religiously speaking, Kate is, I believe she would classify herself as an agnostic. So not quite but comfortable in with souls. Ooh, yeah, she's an agnostic that believes in souls. Um, most agnostics I know do believe in souls, which is why colloquially, oh. socially, I can't quite say that I'm agnostic, even though I think everyone's agnostic, because the agnostics that I personally know, including Kate, they are literally agnostic. Agnostics don't know what they believe in. They just don't know. <laughs> um, they, they don't know anything. That's what it was. I love you. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, agnostic burn. <laughs> uh, 
No, but they're they're the ones that I know do tend to believe in more than what I believe in. Like they, the, if it's not souls, okay. it's like some sort of form of reincarnation, which to me again implies souls. Or it's like, oh, there's just okay. something more—a capital U universe. And I'm like, what? Yeah, what yeah. is that? What do you mean by that? So mm. that's where I just find okay. myself more in the the atheist category of these two a words. But Kate. I would mm-hmm. describe her as an agnostic. She's not religious by any standards. She's like, okay. fuck that, over it, but okay. believes in souls. Believe in souls not um, thir- like I said, she's 30 years old, so she's a millennial. She's on the younger. She's not quite a Gen Z cusp, but she's a younger Scraping millennial. In. Scraping oh, in, okay. barely. She was born in 93, so mm-hmm. so she's bi. So she's, I guess you could categorize her as a member of the LGBTQ community. Okay. But like I said, okay. she's politically well, libertarian and more centrist. So she's not, um, mm. as they say, wokey woke quite all the way not flag waving in the mardi gras perhaps (laughs) not quite no i'm getting some good ammo that i can load up into my mind change gun (laughs) if that's what i'm using for my american friends of the show i'm gonna i'm gonna force this opinion down your throat with an opinion gun uh (laughs) an opinion shotgun or maybe a more targeted sniper rifle where I, I'll formulate my strategy later. But tell me, just give me like personality typing, like Enneagram or, I mean, astrology, if she's into that. So I'm not sure how much stake she puts into astrology, but she is a Leo. Um, and We'll Google her- later. Yes, yes, we'll Google later. Personality typology wise, Kate is an Enneagram one, the perfectionist, um, closely followed by three, the achiever. Her Myers-Briggs type, just for shits and giggles, because I don't think we did your dad, but uh, hers is the same as mine, INTJ. So here's the thing. Kate and I have very okay. similar operating systems. We have a very mm. similar personality type in some ways. This is why the rift hits ways. you harder. Yeah, because I'm like, how do you believe in souls? And she's how like, do how do you there? not believe in souls? I'm like, yeah. use that INTJ investigative mastermind and put it to work and you tell me <laughs> what you come up with. <laughs> so you're going to say this for okay. me, Conrad, and much nicer than I just did. Yeah, totally. Don't worry. I'll filter it all. I'll be very gracious. I can be patient with anyone that's not too close to me. That's not too close to you. Can't we all? The Enneagram one from memory is they, they want to do things the right way. They, they get value in, in rules and the, and the right way. Got it. Yes. And, and in not messing up, not being the problem, um, being, Yeah, being good enough, getting getting that approval. I don't and and I'm not sure if it's so much like getting other people's approval as much it is as it is knowing you did not mess up, which is related mm. to getting approval, but it doesn't always need to be recognized. Just you know you didn't mess yes. up. <laughs> yes, and you have yes, receipts totally. to prove yes, it. Yes, it's not about external recognition. It's almost like pleasing the the inner yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the inner dictator. I'm not sure that would be too far off. Enneagram ones, let us know. Do you have an inner dictator? <laughs> inner dictator, yes, yeah, good. As always, it's easier to diagnose a bias in somebody else than ourselves. So tell me what you think your sister's biases might be around this topic. Okay, when I look at this list of biases, the two that stand out for me about Kate, Kate, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. Um, But the two that stand out to me that I'm just going to label her with are um, complexity bias, when our brains prefer a simple Mm -hmm. falsehood, like souls, to a complex truth. Oh, good one. Um, And then I'm also also going to go with um, a 
comfort or complacency bias, as in I prefer not to have my comfort disturbed. Um, I think that it's very mm, comforting, yeah, the true. idea of souls. I think that's why most people believe in souls. We don't want to think that we never see mm. our loved ones again. We don't want to think that this life is all there is. We don't want to think that there's nothing rather than like something. So I think that it's very comforting. And so I'm just going to take that bias literally and say she has a comfort bias and yep. a complexity bias. But Kate, I know you're very capable mm. of holding multiple complex thoughts. So I just need to say that for the record. Yeah, yeah. Kate, you're you're awesome. I haven't met you yet, but you're she great. Is. <laughs> yes. And for friends of the show listening, I'll post these different biases on Instagram and you can go through and have a look and diagnose your friends, diagnose your family. Oh, by all means, don't diagnose yourself. That's too hard. We don't have biases. We're the rational ones. Everyone else is the one with biases. That's where we're going today. So yeah, check out Instagram and, and comment tag a friend in the bias you think they have alice you've given me some good judgments i feel like i know your sister already i'm going to read up about leos i'm going to do some reading about enneagram ones and how they interact with enneagram fives that's me so i can avoid any any trigger points that a five might bring to the conversation and i'll formulate a strategy and i'm going to give your sister a ring and i'll see if i can convince her that humans do not have souls i can't wait Alice, we are back. I've met and spoken to your lovely sister. Enneagram One, Leo, did some Googling. These people need to do things the right way and they, they, I'm trying to appeal to a higher sense of moral authority. That was my tactic going in. I deliberately avoided the scientific route because I know you and I thought you would have, that would have been your tactic and I wanted to avoid any trigger that would uh, instigate an old thought pathway. So I wanted to create new thought pathways a new approach to this conversation and I wanted to appeal to a higher moral authority, not necessarily a godly moral authority, as you, as, as you mentioned, agnostic, and focus on the broader societal goods. And so my strategy going in, bit of Alice in here, I was asking a lot of questions to clarify, but my questions were set because the very like, there's no solid answers in this topic of souls, right? So I asked a lot of questions and I wanted to I wanted to use these questions, not quite as gotcha questions, because I wanted to be a bit more friendly and approachable, but I wanted to kind of knock her off balance a little bit and show the uncertainty around these things and where that uncertainty might lead us maybe to a darker place. Let's see how I went. Play along at home. Does a literal soul exist? If you think yes, let's see if I can change your mind. Okay, Kate, Alice's sister, it's lovely to meet you. Help me understand your position on the soul. Now, if 0% is there is no difference between humans and animals mm -hmm. and nature, there's no soul, there's, there's nothing like that, we're just pure biology mm -hmm. ticking, and 100% is there is an eternal, immortal soul that is injected into humans, we are uniquely special, there's this eternal soul that we have as humans if that's 100 percent, where do you sit on that on that spectrum of zero to 100 i'd say i sit probably around like 90 percent. yeah okay 90 percent. so tell me i guess the type of soul because there's a few different theories mm -hmm. about the human soul tell me the type of soul that you believe to exist in humans or is it only humans or is it animals or how, how i think it, it definitely like extends to animals as well 
um, because like if you think about our pets, even like I feel like they're unique in their own personalities and like they can't even talk and stuff like that. And like it's just like something you just feel that connection. And I feel like the connection is like what differentiates ourselves from each other. Um, and like the same goes to humans. It's like if you look into people's eyes, it's like you can just see that there's like something more than just like anatomy, you know, like it's like I used to have a really hard time making eye contact with people because I felt like they could like see through me and it made me so uncomfortable. Mm. A lot of the time, depending on who it was, I've gotten a lot better about like that. But it's like the other only possible alternative that I could see is like and at the risk of sounding like a conspiracy theorist, but like if there was a chance we were like living in like a simulation, then we would just be different types. So as possible. Yeah, then we would just be like different types of code. So it's like, yeah, like, so basically our soul is just like an equation. Yeah, that's the 10% for me. (laughs) So it's still, it's still a soul. It's just like a mathematical soul. Yeah. Okay. So we still have a soul. Someone could have just programmed in the special type of soul. So, Kate, would you give me 10 minutes to try and change your mind about humans having souls? Yes. (laughs) I want to use the beginning part of my 10 minutes to probably just understand a little bit more about the type of soul we're dealing with here so how would you describe what the soul is like is it the experience of being a human you've said it's this unique insight into Mm -hmm. um something deeper Mm -hmm. within the biology going on is it the soul being the description of the more than the sum of our parts in many religion this religions this soul survives death where do you sit on this soul how does it work for you is it is it like a reincarnation model of souls? Is it the Christian, it, it's, you get one soul and then you escape to heaven? Is this soul immortal for you? Hmm. Um, I do go back and forth on whether or not I would believe in reincarnation. Because, yeah, like you do hear those things like, oh, you have an old soul. And I have met people where I'm like, yeah, I like look into their eyes and I'm like, you've been through some shit and not even just in this lifetime. Yeah, I don't think it's like from a religious point, but like, I don't know. It's like when I think of my family members like I just feel like very whole and I feel like all of us were like meant to grow up together in a certain sense like we have a connection Mm. that's like not like most families um yeah so it's not necessarily a religious thing but I do think that on some level before we were alive our souls kind of decided that like no we were gonna be in this family together okay so there's something you're describing something that is outside of the material mm-hmm. like maybe these little soul ghosts are chilling around they're like yo let's team up and go into this family mm-hmm. and then they like rock it down in and then yeah. they're like yeah let's grow up to you, you th- <laughs> you're like <laughs> you're on board with that one but yeah. you're pretty open and flexible so you would say it's a, an immortal thing it, it it survives the body once we die i think so and i think it could be even more like like when you do die like maybe you do go to like I don't know, a nothingness for a little while or like you take a break or you can choose to come back as something else if you want or I'm Mm. not sure exactly how it all works but like having experiences from psychedelics as well has definitely made me feel more like confident and like I'm like, oh no, there's something way greater going on than just what we can see Mm. and prove with science. Like I feel like there are many things that like are inexplicable and like I'm not even religious at all. Like I don't like like I and I wouldn't even necessarily say I'm spiritual, but I believe in energy. Like I do like okay. that is science. Energy is science. So it's like I do think that like humans are just different forms of that. And so it's like each one mm-hmm. is unique in its own sense. Do you think it's it's fair to say that 
the soul is this stand-in for something that you sense that is greater, there's more, there's something going on. We haven't got the things to measure it yet, but you just feel and the way you show up in the world, the things you see, the things you encounter, there's something more going on and the soul gives a good handle mm-hmm. on our uniqueness, our specialness, the the greater something that is at play here. And you're saying you're not religious, but you're very open to perhaps some of the different versions that different religions you haven't grabbed onto one but you're Mm -hmm. going they're talking about something and we're trying to work something out here Mm -hmm. but a soul is definitely something that you agreeing with yeah so where would you say this soul exists where where is it like it's in the brain or it's in the body or it's you know if, if i lose how many limbs do i have to lose before i have a soul um where would you say it is oh that's a really good question i feel like like my first instinct would be to say like the heart but like because like once your heart stops then your soul would pass on but like then my my mind goes to like my brain because I'm like oh no well that's like what's controlling everything or like you know you're making decisions and stuff like that but I think it's probably and what if I got a heart transplant did I just give my soul away exactly yeah and that wouldn't be the case but like and I don't know who knows yeah like but like when people yeah I'd probably say the brain because like when people have strokes sometimes their personalities and like their vibe completely Mm. shifts when they like recover and they're like a different person altogether so like maybe the brain or just like if it's not like in any particular part of the body because I don't think it would be like you lose a body part and you lose less of your soul I think it's Mm. just like energy surrounding us like I hate to say the word aura but like something (laughs) like that (laughs) yeah you know like okay yeah just like your general like like probably it's like radiates off of you however I don't know not too far maybe a few inches like it's just like you can't really see it or touch it you know but it's like it's there Mm -hmm. What do you do in the scenario where someone, you know, you feel as if someone's kind of gone before they're gone in the, in the, mm-hmm. in the scenario of Alzheimer's? Has their soul oh. already left? Like, when does the soul leave if it leaves? Like, I'm sure people have had probably horrible experiences where a loved one, an elderly person's dying, mm-hmm. but they've, they, they're like, it's not them anymore. Is, is that, like, how does this work? Is it attached to the biology or is it what happens with Alzheimer's in that scenario? I mean, I haven't personally experienced someone with Alzheimer's or whatever, but um, I I wouldn't, I would not say that their soul has left. I would just say that their brain is deteriorating and like they're losing their memory part of their brain, the part that makes them remember like their loved ones and stuff like that. And I feel like when people say like, oh, they're not themselves anymore, maybe they're just miserable and they're losing spirit in a certain sense, you know, like because they're in pain or they're forgetting things and like they're just kind of like not completely there anymore but I don't think that has much to do with their soul so much as just like their biology, like in general, like that's just their body, like deteriorating. Um, but I, I would say like, I, I think the soul only really like moves on after death completely. Mm. So does a soul then have identity? Mm-hmm. Like in the sense that if, if I am me mm-hmm. and we break that down and go, well, I'm a collection of memories and experiences. And I say, oh, I'm like this because this happened to me. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying in that example, if you're losing your memory, is your soul losing an identity? Like does the soul mm-hmm. have an identity? Is separate to me as a, me as a human? Because my identity seems to be coming from memories and experiences. And if, yeah. the, if I can lose the brain but not lose my soul, how, how do you think that works? Oh, I don't think it... Like, I think, I think, yes, it belongs to you right now because it's like in you as a vessel in this life. 
but I don't think that like, like whatever the next life is like, yes, it would carry some of the probably like a faint memory of like what you lived in this life. But like, I think it would also be its own thing too. Like, like, you know, when you have a dream, but you can't really remember it and you kind of start forgetting it as you're like waking up more. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it might almost be something like that. It doesn't mean you didn't experience it, but you still might feel those effects or just like people who have trauma blocked, maybe, you know, like that same thing. It's like, there's certain, it's still there there. and it still happened, but it's like, and like, you still may feel it in your heart, but like, you don't necessarily remember it or something Mm -hmm. similar like that. Okay. Yeah. I hear you describing some some sense of the soul being separate to us and we're like, it's a building block that humans build on top of, mm-hmm. I suppose, and then it might disappear and it'll, it'll, we'll, we'll imprint on that soul a little bit. So it's a little bit different to this Christian notion of the soul, mm-hmm. which is my uniqueness and my specialness, I will survive my body. So mm-hmm. you're not painting a picture where when you die, you will be exactly you in mm-hmm. something else. Is that fair? Not necessarily. Yeah, no, I think like you could totally have like a different vibe and you may even like, I also think there's a possibility you could come back as an animal who knows. And maybe you're only even alive for like a day or something like you're an ant or something and someone steps on you and then you like go on. It's like, who knows? Honestly, it could be as like small as that, like in terms of like these lives that like, yes. Yeah. You know, or like, yeah, like vessels, I guess that you're like traveling in, but yeah, I don't know. Like yeah, I don't think it's like a religion thing for me, like where it's like, oh, yeah, you die and then your soul goes on to heaven or hell, mm-hmm. wherever. And like, that's the end. And like, I think it's a little arrogant for me personally to think that like my soul right now is only Kate and it will only ever be Kate. Like, I'm like, no, it could definitely be like something else. Right. And it doesn't need a name or anything It could have like been that. Steven before. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Reginald the Ant for yeah. a brief run in history yeah (laughs) okay so so it sounds like you're not sure how it works you're open to different theories but Mm -hmm. you're still 90 percent sure that there is a soul thing out there Mm -hmm. what would you say okay Mm -hmm. if i was to tell you that there was a way for you personally Mm -hmm. to have greater empathy greater appreciation for beauty greater connectedness to the environment and countries and societies would be less divided but there was just one thing standing in the way and that one thing, Kate, is your belief in a soul. What would you say to that? <laughs> I mean, at that rate, yeah, I'd be like, all right, I guess I don't believe in souls anymore for the greater good, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, okay. Yeah, for excellent. the greater good, so I can sacrifice my opinion. <laughs> oh, okay, excellent. Yeah. I've, I've, I, I see how you're thinking. You, yeah. You're like a collective thinker. That's great. Yeah, I just feel would feel bad. It's like, oh, yeah, we could solve all the world's problems, but I can't let go of this idea. <laughs> <laughs> so if I can prove that. So I, yeah. I just need to prove that we can make the world a better place if we yeah. all stop believing in souls. I'm going to try and do that. I'm going to try and do that. So there's the good part of the of the human soul that I think you've outlined a little bit. Like the mm-hmm. humans are more than the sum of our parts. There's mm-hmm. something going on more than biology. Like you look at a painting. It's mm-hmm. more than just color numbers and combinations. Mm-hmm. It, it, it communicates a deep something. Like And that's what the word soul imbues. Mm-hmm. It ensures dignity to all humans. Mm-hmm. Despite different experiences, we all have this one level playing field, which is a soul. Mm-hmm. And so whether you're rich or poor, technically we're – 
the suffering is the same and therefore okay. we should all care about the human soul and offer dignity to those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. I think I think I'm not going to make a scientific argument because s- science will say that there's a lot we don't know and especially about the brain and consciousness. The concept of a soul has turned into a static concept, a primitive concept that mm-hmm. creates rigid, problematic personal beliefs that stop our society from progressing in challenging situations and stops our personal growth. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to look any further, Kate, than in your backyard to see the implications of this on a societal level. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the issue of abortion. Mm -hmm. America has been gridlocked for decades. Mm -hmm. And one of the founding building blocks of this tension around Mm -hmm. it is that one group with their belief in a literal, immortal, endless soul like let different to you it's it's a a firm belief in a certain type of immortal soul and as soon as that cell hits this cell bang that's a soul and that's murder if you are for abortion and so that conversation can't go anywhere because there's no compromise there's no room for certainty because they know that the human soul exists at this point and everyone else standing in their way is a grade of hitler murderer so we need to fight that so society's gridlocked. We look to, to different religions. You look at India and Hinduism and the caste system that um, comes from believing that their souls come from different parts of God's body. The head Brahmin, that's the top caste, and then there's the bottom caste down the bottom. And people are condemned to horrible lives, horrible mm-hmm. situations, simply based on apparently what happened in their past life and they must deserve this rubbish life so therefore we're not going to work towards justice and equality and they were just born into it and now they're literally cleaning like the filth and they're dead and they're locked to that for life because Mm -hmm. of merely where they're born and that stems from that rigid belief in a soul that I'm kind of talking about there so Mm -hmm. that's on like the collective societal level and I'm pointing at the rigidity with with which we hold those beliefs in a soul which you're a little bit different too but mm-hmm. I'm kind of pointing to the extreme there. Mm-hmm. So let's go to personally. I want to make a, you know, you're American, we're individualists. <laughs> I'll make a case for like your personal enlightenment. I um, mean, yeah, I'm pro-choice, even though, yeah, I do believe in souls. And like, it's okay. hard. I don't know whether or not, because yeah, like if my theory stands that like, you know, our souls were like there before we were even born, then that would mean that like in fetus, you would, your soul would be there. And like, technically that is murder, but like, I don't see it that way still. I'm like, no, because like, because I, I, I'm pro-choice mainly. Yeah, like I, it is the woman's choice. Yeah, like I just feel like there's rape victims. Like there's, and there's just accidents. It's like, you know, like mm. you're not ready or like, yeah, like you're saying, like it could be like children just being born because they're a soul doesn't necessarily mean that like, that's what's good for them because like if their parent can't provide then that's going to provide like that's going to be like a shitty life yeah. for them you know if they were born just because they're a soul you you've outlined how how complicated that issue is yeah and i mean i'm, I'm always imagining that i, I th- heard a soul theory that is you know all these souls are up there and they're picking bodies to go into mm-hmm. and it's like pretty dud luck if you're like i'm going there <laughs> oh abortion laws are pretty more progressive in australia <laughs> oh damn i blew my chance well but then if it reincarnates i guess they'll they'll give it another shot right yeah. so they'll pop out so, it, so it, it, could, it kind of it could work for either either belief if you if you're looking yeah. there but then there's the the serious one of like this soul goes into a into a life if it chose it mm-hmm. to the greatest suffering it could have ever endured and there are people enduring just mm-hmm. 
heavy suffering. And so some people yeah. might struggle with that concept of like a soul. Why would a soul choose to like go and be just and live and exist and suffer? Like what kind of torturous choice was that? But mm-hmm. that's, that's a bit to the side as I shift to the, to the personal there. Let's go back to America and, and religion mainly in America. Mm-hmm. The, the, the belief in this soul um, it's been used to justify our own superiority and just gratify our ego to rank us as more important as nature. So America doesn't have a caste system. Good mm-hmm. on it. Australia doesn't either. That's that's really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're st- we still have a kind of human caste system where we can do whatever we want to the environment because mm-hmm. we have souls. Humans don't. We kill pigs. I don't know if you're a vegetarian, but mm-hmm. pigs are pretty intelligent. Cows yeah. are intelligent. We're special, baby. We got souls. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to mm-hmm. nature and hanging the consequences because I am special. And Christians are guilty of this because they're, you know, God gave us dominion. So I guess we yeah. can do whatever the hell we want to these animals and kill them and whatever. So mm-hmm. I, I pin that a little bit. Well, the majority of that on that belief that we are a soul and that makes us special and superior. In religions itself, it can act as a personal crutch to our own personal development. So within religion, again, when someone dies close to you, Often, uh, like in my personal experience, um, someone close to me dies. A lot of people in the Christian world are just like, oh, don't worry, they'll be in heaven. And that's kind of some of this trivial spiritual bypassing, um, escaping, the grappling with the suffering and the loss. And it's like, oh, don't deal with that. Push it down. They'll be in heaven later. And it, it seems to just trivialize us and prevent us. to. Do, it's, we just bottle up our suffering and go, oh, it's fine, it's fine, rather than really going through it. And if we go through that, on the other side, I think is growth, and so, and you and I think you have to face the fact that they are gone. That that unique expression is gone, never to be repeated again, and that's that's heavy. But I think you have to let go of that crutch of mm-hmm. the human soul that we cling to because we fear death. Um, mm-hmm. And then I've already touched on how it kind of disconnects us from the environment. Christians once again guilty of this. They don't really care what they're doing to the environment because their soul's going to eject. We're just going to hit the eject button. And just head up into heaven mm-hmm. and God's going to create a new earth for us. So we don't have to look after this. And I suppose similar in the caste system of the soul, the reincarnated one. Mm-hmm. Well, it's okay that you're living in a suffering, horrible situation now and your life is so bad. Mm-hmm. One, you must have deserved it to be here. And two, well, if you'd live this life well, you'll get a better shot next time. <laughs> so I'm not going to help you with yeah. that. So it kind of makes us, I think, I think worse people in that feel free to jump in or offer any thoughts or anything like um, that as I, I think go it's through there. Interesting that you say that, like you think that uh, humans or when you were talking about like eating meat or whatever, because humans have souls, I think that's more of just a matter of humans feeling there's of superior intelligence because animals are just as intelligent, but we've created weapons. Like animals are using what they were given, you know, like, their claws, their their jaws, like you know, their teeth, whatever. But humans have created like weapons, and I think that's more. I think that has more to do with intelligence than souls per se. I definitely do eat meat, but I, I mean, I yeah, I, I do know. Yeah, pigs are very intelligent. Octopus also very intelligent. Yeah. There are many animals that very. we eat that are super intelligent. Um, but like, I don't necessarily view that as like ha- having a connection to souls per se. Um. So would you say an octopus and a pig have a soul? Because you're saying they're intelligent, which they are. Possibly. I, I mean, yeah, I think in their, like, I've never, I haven't really interacted with an octopus ever, but I remember my sister did raise a little pig when she was in high school. 
And I don't remember, it, I mean, it did have a little bit of a different personality than the rest of the pigs. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I felt like an emotional connection with it, but it definitely had like, like a personality. And then that, yeah, that, then that comes down to, is like, oh, is that just a personality or is that its soul? Mm. I guess it's like, I wouldn't be able to know. Cause like, I can't communicate with it. I think the communication mm-hmm. aspect definitely helps. Mm. Um, but that's not yeah. to say that like it doesn't exist. I, I guess I couldn't be for sure. I'm a little bit more mm. unsure of like the animal situation. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, they could have souls, but I don't want to say they don't, you know, and I don't want to say mm. for sure that they do. So I think you've you've hit on like an interesting dilemma that I'm pointing out here. And I think this static concept of a soul has stopped us mm-hmm. from progressing. And I, and I want to offer you an alternative. I don't just mm-hmm. want to take souls. I want to offer you something else, which I'm sure Alice has tried to offer you as well. <laughs> I'll try to repackage it and send it back your way. Okay. Um, what's, what's the alternative? And, and I think the alternative is this concept of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, consciousness, let's define it like Noah Yuval Harari, smart guy, about around our capacity to feel and suffer and be aware of this feeling and suffering. So people who are looking, scientists who are looking into consciousness, philosophers, all these people around this idea of consciousness, they're holding space, kind of like you are in a way, there's really uncertainty. But the difference with consciousness is that we're doing everything we can using science, neuro, like neuroscience, everything we have to under, trying to understand what consciousness is. They're humble about it. They know they don't understand. The, the brain's complicated. Where does it come from? What is it? They're not sure. But they're kind of progressing. And I'll give you a sense of that progress that I think we could participate in as individuals and society can. So New Zealand was the first country in the world to recognize sheep as conscious. And this change, the law, this change in law has shifted the change in practices around the sheep's treatment. So whether you're a vegetarian or not, like I'm saying these are complicated issues around abortion, euthanasia, d- d- dementia, or really tricky things we have to grapple with. And the concept of a human soul is divisive. It's static. People think this, they think this, there's no evidence for it. There's no common consensus on how we could decide how the soul works. It's just personal theory. Whereas with consciousness, we've come together and gone, okay, what makes life important? Well, I think suffering needs to be a big component of that. And if we reshape that, we can, we can start looking at octopuses and go, well, geez, they're showing all these signs. Have we been mistreating them for so many years just simply because we don't understand them? Are they more special than we think? And we as personally and society can begin to address, I'm not going to trivialize these very complex issues, but it comes through letting go of the concept of the soul and picking up something like consciousness, which I think still is imbued with all the benefits of humans being more than the sum of our parts, human rights coming from the fact that there is our capacity to suffering, uh, to suffer, and we shouldn't impose that suffering on things around us. And that can extend. It's a more inclusive net. That's what I would say, this, this concept of consciousness. And it has tools at its disposal to keep discovering together as humanity and individuals where we are special, what we don't understand, where does consciousness come from, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. So to wrap up, to wrap up, I'm a little bit over time. No worries. But to wrap it up, finally, what would a world look like if we stopped believing in a literal immortal soul? I believe, and I think there's good evidence to suggest, mm-hmm. that we have more equality, more environmental justice, and more progress towards the where humanity collectively wants to go and individually what would your life Kate look like if you stopped believing in an immortal soul I think you personally would have greater empathy you'd have deeper relationships you'd be in the moment more often and 
you'd be, I think you'd have a more open mind when it comes to the mysteries of the universe because we're still, we're still discovering what that could be. You wouldn't be, I suppose, as I asked you all those questions, you mm-hmm. wouldn't be on your own going, oh, geez, I don't know. Oh, that's complicated. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. And you kind of end up different to Christians who believe in a different kind of soul. I'd say if you let that go, you could reconnect with a community of people that value the same things you do humans connectedness nature the environment personal progress but you could join in together as we all discover what consciousness is how the brain functions how we function and you wouldn't be as alone in that so okay that's that's my pitch that's me done okay uh we can we can we can go with you started at 90 percent yeah mull it over let it sink in zero percent no such thing Complete material reality. Nothing lives outside of it. One hundred percent. We're ejecting to it's an immortal, eternal soul. We eject to heaven. There's another realm out there. You're at ninety. Mm-hmm. Did I manage to shift your mind at all in regards to whether humans have souls or not? I th- maybe like eighty percent. Just because, like, the, you got me to think about things differently. Like, I don't necessarily. I do feel connected to everyone. I don't even even if I was feeling a little yeah. uncertain about things earlier. That doesn't mean I'm uncomfortable with that uncertainty necessarily. Like, I I'm fine okay. not knowing Excellent. some things. You know, I'm like, oh, that's okay. That's I I can just go about my way. I do feel like I connect with people. Yes. I don't know if um souls necessarily have to do with like racial things for me personally like and like poverty like I, I think like all souls like like we just exist necessarily yeah so it's just like i don't know if there's any like special treatment per se of one or the other but yeah no i think i think i could be swayed a little bit down yeah to 80 or yeah to 80 percent of like yeah maybe there is not souls and that's okay you know okay. yeah Okay. Yeah. You, you give me that sense that, you know, you're still exploring. Yeah. That's really good. I'll take that 10% back down. <laughs> you're, the, you're, you're 10% closer, guys. You have 10% less agreement. So for super friends of the show, as we unpack this, what was the, I suppose, what was Alice's approach? Because I know Alice is probably <laughs> leaning into the neuroscience being yeah. like, listen, this is provable. You're just talking about provable things in the brain. I avoided that because I suspected that was her line and it didn't seem to have worked. What, what kind of was that 10% shift? What was the thing offering? Are you feeling closer? Are you feeling closer with your sister? Because I posted a solid 10%, baby. It is a dead heat. You're 10%. Whoa. I'm 10%. Here we are. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is a dead heat. Okay, so 10%. Okay, so I have not listened to the rest, the bonus part of your conversation with Kate. I need yes. to know what was it that got you that 10% of wiggle room with my sister? So it was it was the connectedness to everybody else that that higher moral like that interconnectedness we have and because she's agnostic she's okay with the uncertainty Mm -hmm. so we kind of found common ground on that so i think that really gave her the comfortability to shift a little bit are you feeling 10 percent closer already yes i am actually and i have to say like one one thing that was really um particularly fascinating to me was to hear uh the heart of my argument which was like 
Oh yeah. Maybe there's no souls. Like I don't believe in souls, but approach that from such a different angle because, okay. So can we go in the locker room now and talk strategy? Can I just share my strategy? Okay. So before we break it down (laughs) and we critique each other and work out what went well, what didn't, that is for podcast friends of the show. So if you're watching on YouTube, have a head over to podcast land and you'll hear us break down what we did well, what we could improve and what we, how we thought the conversations went. So, uh, Thanks for watching. Comment below, did we change your mind? If we did, that is living hard proof that you are open-minded. If, if we didn't, then obviously that's our fault. Comment below what arguments we should have used and we'll get better for next time. Thanks yes. for watching. Podcasting friends of the show. All right. Squeaky door into the locker room. Sweaty dudes everywhere. Hit the showers. Alice, it, like, we'll, we'll, we, can, we can talk about my conversation with your sister yeah. How did I do? What could I have improved? Did I hit your core arguments? Talk to me. Yes. So I, I, I have to say your strategy of avoiding the scientific argument, I think was, um, a fascinating for me to hear because like what I was starting, starting to say, and now, now the podcast and super friends get to hear was that, um, it was so interesting hearing the, it was fascinating to me to hear my argument being articulated through such different means, um, different arguments, mm. you might say. But the core, the goal of the argument is to try to change my sister's mind that, or at least plant more seeds of doubt that maybe we do not have the souls. She's so convinced that we do. <laughs> and so yeah. he is watching and seeing how you dodge the scientific argument, which yeah, a hundred percent. Like I, that, those are the arguments that I usually make with my sister. I'm like, but there's no evidence and what evidence there is can be explained by yeah. all these other logical means that make far more sense to me. Um, so yeah. it, it was so cool to, to get to listen to you talk about it from, um, the strategy that I saw, that I saw that stood out to me most when I was listening to your conversation was how the belief in souls divides us as a society. Um, you bringing mm. in the Hindu caste system, I thought that was like, I was like, bravo. Like, yeah, that was, I learned that's a bit a about that on, on the YouTubes. <laughs> nice. It was, yeah. Parts of, parts of, parts of the God. Parts of God. Some mm. are Brahmin. Part, that's, the, that's the top soul. And then there's the foot soul. That, that then they that just do sh- shitty jobs everywhere. And I was yes. like, oh, that's brutal. So anyway, I thought I'd bring that in. And I thought... I thought you'd like this, the common ground of, you know, we're okay to attack religion and its problems. I thought yeah. you'd appreciate that one. Yeah. No, a hundred, a hundred percent. Cause like my, as you know, my sister and I grew up in the, in the same household and there's seven years between us. Um, I'm older yeah. than her by about seven and a half years, but like we both grew up very religiously and have left that. Um, but she, she still has this, uh, this just innate sort of belief that like, no, but there, there's something there. And I, to, to be fair, I can understand why she and so many other people um, believe that, you know, like when she describes, like when you look into someone's eyes, even if it's your pet's eyes or your lover's eyes, your parents' eyes, you mm. know, when you look into a stranger's eyes and you have this profound zing moment of just knowing or mm-hmm. feeling or communicating or understanding, it's like, it is very goosebumpy. Like I can give myself goosebumps now just thinking about it. And it is like, whoa, what's that? You know, what's that shock mm. of knowing and recognition? Yeah. You know, it's like I, yeah. but whereas I, I feel like to call it a soul belittles it almost it's putting a cap on what it could be oh that's a good one it limits Uh, this it limits us from growing and expanding our curiosity and what we know and when we settle for an archaic Mm. explanation of what we don't know is my opinion because i did try and open the door to that 
yeah. as I as I swapped it out for consciousness. I, I'm good. Yes. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I guess that's exactly what I was channeling going. I, I didn't put it exactly the way you put it, which I think is good. It's trivializing it to be so certain about a soul, whereas there's this great, vast mystery that we're all going to collectively understand called consciousness. Yep. What is it? Yep. Yeah. No, and I, but I totally felt that from you and articulated in your way, and oh, I thought great. that was a really yeah. great way. And I, I was clocking. I was like, oh, man. So he's going in with questions. He's bringing in a personal story. He, I'm, yeah. like, seeing, like, these different oh, elements yeah. of your strategy. Tick, tick, tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also just, like – yeah, it was really, it was really fun. And so like, if I'm your coach in the locker room, like I'm giving you high fives, pat on the back. Good yeah. job. Pizza for you. Got it. <laughs> trophy this time. No <laughs> yeah. gold star. Ten, you get the trophy. Ten, <laughs> yes. The trophy. I'll hold it up. The 10% mind shift. No, yes. it's funny that it's like, this is monumental. I don't think we've ever really maxed out beyond a 10% mind change. I think we're finding mm. the limits of, hu of, of human uh, adaptability here in one conversation. Mm -hmm. So Okay, we'll, we'll chalk that up as a win. And Alice, I got 10%. You got 10%. How did, how did you feel? Like I feel like if the goal of this podcast episode, this special family edition episode, was to try to bring us closer to our respective family members who we each chatted with, I definitely feel closer to my sister in the sense that like, yes, even before I knew that she had a 10% shift toward my direction, Hearing the way that you asked her questions, which are questions I would I hadn't thought of to ask her, and hearing the way you phrased it, and hearing her responses helped me understand her view a little bit more. Mm. It didn't necessarily shift me more toward believing in souls, but it helped me understand like, oh, like I totally get what she's talking about. It's that zing, it's that zing moment. It's the goosebump energy. It's mm. the it's the unknown and and the 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 enjoyment of the mystery of the unknown. And I do feel closer to her in the sense that like, I feel like I understand her more and I'm excited. I leave the conversation with you and Kate excited to call Kate up tonight and be like, Hey, so I, I listened to the episode and just, yes. just to chat with her and laugh with her about it and, and see what she, in her own words, how she, um, and again, I haven't listened to the extended version yet, but like just to hear like how it may have helped her understand me a little bit, even though you use different arguments, I don't at all disagree mm. with the arguments that you mm -hmm. used. I just, they're not my go-tos. I am a more science-y minded mm. empirical materialist who's just annoying. And like it is, it's, but I, I like that you didn't go that route because it helped me. Well, spoiler alert, she wants you to be less like that. <laughs> That's what I need to convince you. So okay. the, the next episode, that episode, I'm going to convince you that science ain't so great. Okay. You need to loosen your grip on that. That that'll be <laughs> what I'm coming in for. Fair, fair. No, I'm I'm open to it. I'm open to it. Like I'm, yes, I'll have to come up with a percentage. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How okay, much cool. you love empiricism and science and stuff, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna change you, <laughs> and then you can do the then you can do the same for me. Okay, okay. <laughs> I like it. I mm. like it. No, it was it was very fun. Um, I I really enjoyed it, and I hope listeners enjoyed it too. And and uh, yeah, second call out. Like, if you would like me and Conrad to do this with you and your family members or other loved ones, we volunteer. Yes, send us an email. We promise, we guarantee that we will bring you closer together. But it it, it is a it is a, a fun exercise because in that in that conversation, like you said, I think mm. you know with with you and your sister. Her reframe, I think, comes back to that specialness, that uniqueness, that that spark. And that's why I was really trying to get 
consciousness in there because mm-hmm. it's a, just a, you know, I was arguing for it to be a better standard. Now, uh, you, you haven't, you haven't shifted your, what, what percentage are you on souls? If we, if we go into this. So my percentage, I would, I would be probably at. Be with- 